Hey, welcome. It is eight minutes after the hour. Chuck Basie, State Representative, on board with us this morning, along with Dale Roberts from the CPOA and from Graf's Garson, who says they're they're down to three bows. You're phasing out archery, and uh, there's some great deals to be had on those three bows. Yep, we've still got uh, a lot of arrows left um, and some other accessories, so come in and clean up. So if you're into archery, uh, that's the place to go for a deal. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we were asked some questions about legislation in Virginia. Uh, I've got some indication of some of the some of the bills that have uh, gone through, but uh, Mike's been hanging on the line now for uh, I don't know ten minutes or something or longer. I don't know, but we're going to get him on board before he falls asleep. Mike, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. How are you this morning? Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> Good morning. Good yeah. morning. How's everybody? Were you listening to Brian during the break? Is that what? <laughs> I, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, the, the, and I, I, I have waited because I think this is very important. We as gun owners and Second Amendment supporters and the Constitution uh, are very, very trusting. And in that, we also get complacent. And in this particular instance, we cannot get complacent we have to be active in supporting legislation and everything that goes along with being pro so write call text social media whatever it takes to get the attention of our elected officials and on a side note i have one major question how in the world is garson there in all of his glory, when I just come from a week being at the SHOT Show and did not get into late last night, and I have what we call a SHOT Show crud, and I was with a lot of folks on the airplane uh, from Graf and Sons with the same thing. Just a question. Yeah, well, I, Mike, I, I, let, me, you. let me explain, Mike, how it is we got Graf's here. Uh, I made a bet with somebody and I lost. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, "Okay, now you got Carson." Yeah, I, I couldn't afford to get the Shot Show flu this year, so I, I did not go. Oh my goodness! But after Great looking at, after looking at some of the stuff that came out, I am kind of regretting that decision. We are in for a good year, my friends. Yeah. <laughs> in this industry, we are in for a good year. All right, what what brought you to the Shot Show, Mike? Uh, I, I actually represent a different company now uh, as far as being their official repair center, uh, and it's, it's a Turkish company called SAR USA, and uh, it's a one-year-old company. The, the, the guns has been around for a long time. Uh, they just haven't been represented very well, and the factory decided that uh, they was going to have a bigger presence here in the United States. So they would become their own uh, importer and distribution center and all of that. And we've been kind of helping them to get that set up and, and everything. Great guns. Uh, most people haven't heard of them. I was one of them. It's a Sar Salazamara's, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. I've shot some of their guns. They're actually quite nice. I thought SARS was a disease. Am I? Well, that's a yeah, different yeah. SARS. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. Here, here we go, because, yeah, and that's exactly right. We've we've heard a little bit about that. Then, then when, once you get the... Uh, the uh, shot show flu, so to speak. Then you got people kind of worried. Just a minute, SAR, your <laughs> SAR guy. Uh, maybe I need to stay away from you. <laughs> you know? yeah. No, uh, great company. I mean, value-wise, uh, uh, quality of the value you can't hardly beat. Uh, so uh, big, big things happening there. 
uh, big things happening just in, throughout the industry. So uh, there was a good show probably uh, up again. Uh, I would say because I'm, I didn't get a break. I, I flew in last Sunday evening, and and uh, I was five days uh, total. I mean, 10, 12 hours a day and nothing but meetings. And it, it was really, really, really good. So. Yeah, I went, uh, I went there. We broadcast from there two years in a row. Uh, and then we would go downstairs to the to the hall, and I was like a kid in a candy store. Uh, my <laughs> wife will never let me go there again with the American Express card. I'm just telling yeah. you right now. I'm telling you, it, it, I didn't have a lot of time to walk around and, and look, uh, but what what I did see, and I uh, people coming up, and, and we did a lot of uh, things with with writers and and uh, so forth this year and what they was telling us and and then we had to go peek on a couple of things that they did tell us and it's we're we're in for a very 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 good good year in the shootings lots of innovations lots of great things mike thank you for the call you bet all right glad to have you on gary on guns uh 874-9390 toll free numbers 800-529-5572 uh some legislation that is uh, uh going through the virginia legislature uh they've got one uh, senate bill uh, it says uh, the legislation would undermine their state firearms preemption law by granting localities the authority to regulate firearms possession in a variety of locations and circumstances. It would uh, be a direct attack on Virginia's right to carry permit holders as anti-gun localities would be empowered to create an incomprehensible patchwork of gun-free zones. You know, we had something like that here in uh, in Missouri at one time where if you were someone who uh, didn't have a concealed carry permit, you could open carry. But if you'd go to the wrong city, you could get busted. Because there's no sign at the door. There's no, you know, as you're entering the city, uh, you know, we don't uh, allow open carry in that city. Uh, And then the state legislature rightly cleaned that up. Uh, I don't remember what year that was. Uh, They've got another bill. uh, It's really handgun rationing. Another Senate bill would ration the Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms by limiting law-abiding Virginians to one handgun purchase every 30 days. The legislation provides a narrow exemption for purchases made by Virginia concealed handgun permit holders. Um, Virginia had a one-handgun-a-month law from 93 to 2012, and 93 uh, Governor Wilder uh, and uh, other gun control advocates sold the uh, handgun rationing measure as a way to curb gun trafficking from Virginia to more restrictive northeast states, particularly New York, uh, and and probably, I suspect, the district. Keeping with this tradition of passing gun laws, the NRA NRA writes, uh, at the uh, behest of our state interest, SB 69 comes along after New York City billionaire gun control financier Michael Bloomberg spent an exorbitant amount of money in the 2019 cycle. We talked about that. And uh, finally, SB 70, criminalization of private firearm sales and trades. This legislation would require a gun owner to obtain a government per- government permission before selling or trading a firearm to another individual without exception. Gun owners wouldn't be uh, even allowed to privately sell a firearm to their immediate family members or lifelong friends. Uh, and it seems to me then that you're essentially going to have to have uh, gun registration in Virginia. Because otherwise, how would they know when a gun was in the hands of somebody else? And if I sold to my to my cousin in Virginia, how would the state know that it was an illegal sale? Make sense? Well, they're they're going to say that. Oh yeah, we got to fix that. We'll have to start keeping a record of everything. 
Yeah. And so you, then you have and gun registration, and we all know what that leads to. Nazi Germany? Yeah. I would argue that's true. All right. Um, and don't forget, you know, for those of you who turned 21, you know, within the last 15 years, you used to have to go to the sheriff's department and pay $10 to get permission to purchase a handgun. And wait 10 days. And, well, usually. Well, depends on. It, right. Yeah. They'd approve it faster in some counties than others. Um, but, you know, every time you got a handgun, $10 and you had to wait and. They they didn't have a time that they had to return that permit to you by, um, so it was it was dark days then. Um, so you know that, the, when they reversed that here in Missouri, uh, while while uh, violent crimes with guns were going up, they went up at a slower rate when they got rid of that restriction. That's interesting. Yeah, I've saved the last one I purchased a gun with, just as a reminder. Oh. That that used to be the way to do it, and I I run into that thumbing through paperwork every once in a while, and I'm just super glad that we were able to get rid of that. Um, and that really was the only people think guns are registered in Missouri. They are not. The only registration would be if the sheriff the the sheriffs are allowed to destroy those documents if they want, or they can keep them, and they're you know paper copies in the basement. I'm sure. If the sheriff digs through those copies, the sheriff of each county might have a record of what you purchased. But other than that, and other than, you know, NFA guns, suppressors, and fully automatic weapons, guns are not registered in Missouri, contrary to popular thought. Yeah, and they should not be. No. Chuck, you were telling me about a fundraiser? Yeah, it's uh, up in Higby, Missouri. uh, This is their first annual Guns and Fun Gala. It's uh, being put on by their Fair and Activity Corporation. I have this on my Facebook page and also on my Twitter feed. But it's March 21st. It's a Saturday from 6 to 9. And they're only going to sell 300 tickets. And you have a chance to win. I think they have up to uh, 10 handguns, shotguns, and, and uh, long guns. Um, uh, they have a comedy act. A guy named Bryce Stanley is going to be performing. And a great catered meal. Um and it, it'll be a lot of fun. So uh, March 21st, it's at Woodman, Woodsman Distilling Event Center uh, on 7239 Highway A in Higby, Missouri. All right, so, and that's up at your, your web page? Yeah, it's on my Facebook page and on my Twitter feed. Or you can go to Higby Fair and Activity Corporation's Facebook page and find What is your Facebook page? It's uh, just Chuck Basie. I got Chuck Basie State Rep and just regular Chuck Basie. So, they so can, it's on Chuck Basie and uh-huh. State Rep, I will put it on there here shortly. Yeah. All right, you bet. Because right. I I didn't friend him. I <laughs> I turned him down. <laughs> I'm discerning, you know. He's a radical. Yeah. All right. When we come back, a couple of firearms that uh, are in from Graffs in Mexico, Missouri, uh, and I really am enamored with this one. Uh, we'll uh, go over those next. Gary on guns, ninety three ninety. Welcome to Gary on guns. Uh, all right. So Garson brought in a couple of firearms from Graffs, and. Uh, we're, I'm going to let um, Dale Roberts and the CPOA uh, channel through one of these things. The camera's right there, and people can actually see. Uh-oh. Wow, that is an awfully close... Uh, can, is there a way we can block his face out, Brian? <laughs> Hold the gun up a little higher. Oh, my. All right, so... Uh, it's, this is the silent video radio show. <laughs> Get him a big Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, tell, hat. tell, tell so us. that's that's Browning's Buckmark field target. Uh, so Browning's always made um, super reliable, super accurate twenty twos. Um, they're just you know 
they're a gold standard of 22 pistols, and this one has um, a rail built onto it to allow uh, <laughs> to allow you to mount an optic and just further the versatility of the firearm. Uh, just awesome oh, now he's up. now he's on the shopping club. Did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Hey, I'm, a little hard I'm, to follow, man. You started it. I, you know, I'm just here for whatever. He, he can be a hand model now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's a heavy bull barrel model, um, right? Just a few bucks over five hundred dollars. Um, just a good solid pistol. It'll you know last outlive outlive the rest of us. <laughs> it's nice, got a it's nice got trigger. You, you might want to get closer to the mic when you say that. Oh, nice right. trigger. Nice trigger. Yep. Uh, and it's uh, it's got some heft to it. I mean, it's not a really light firearm. It's it, yeah. That bolt barrel is pretty hefty, but also you know contributes to its extreme accuracy. Yeah, because I don't imagine it moves too much. Now, on the other hand, Chuck has <laughs> a uh, pistol that you brought in. And I really, I mean, I like this one. I was, in fact, I grabbed it first. I thought, well, that's nice. Um, I, I, right at the beginning of the show, I grabbed it, took it from across the table. But then I went over and started looking at the one that Chuck is ha- holding, <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. So this is the Smith & Wesson uh, Model 41. Beautiful wood grain. Uh, not the uh, 41A that they made for a while. Um, it, it's back to, you know, the original specs for the gun. This is uh, the creme de la creme of 22s. Um, you know, guys will collect high standards, um, older Smith and Wesson 41s when you couldn't get, uh, these through Smith, uh, even through their custom shop, uh, drove the price up, you know, almost to $2,000 for these pistols. And they've now, uh, they've now got these available in fairly good numbers. Uh, I mean, they're not readily available all year round, but you know, you shouldn't have to wait more than five to six months to get one at any given time. Now, how many of those do you have in stock? This is the only one. Um, we, I'm sorry, we did get another one. It's already sold, I believe. Um, don't quote me on that. Uh, I, I barely made it through the gun store before I left for the day yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what's the price break on that, Chuck? Can you see the price tag? Twelve seventy-five. Twelve seventy-five. But you know what? That sounds like a lot of money for for. But when you grab a hold of that, you get an, an indication just how nice that. Yeah, well, especially when used models were going for you know, over that, you know, yeah. in the last you know ten years or so. And this isn't a cheap knockoff. This and, is yeah, and we're discounting it. Uh, retail on it's thirteen sixty nine. So you know we're still offering a discount even though they are that hard to get. Um, how's the trigger pull on that, Chuck? Did you try it? Uh, I have not. It, uh... Well, it might help me out, Garson. Uh, let me see here. Probably got to pull off the magazine. Mag's in, or... Safety's off. Do you have to pull the mag out of that in order to make that work? Let's try that. Well, there, there is no feel oh. to the trigger pull at all. <laughs> Probably is mag disconnected. Oh, I put the mag back in. Oh. Try taking the mag out. The, uh, oh. the safety just wasn't. It's a completely little, disengaged. It's a little small. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. now we've busted the studio, <laughs> but we'll keep trying. All right, Chuck will tell us about the trigger pull. Is there a lot of staging in it? I, I was actually surprised by it when I uh, fired it. We are professionals here. Yeah. <laughs> Don't try this at home. Um, you do this with my right hand. <laughs> Do, 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 
Yeah, I'd say it's two and a half pounds. Uh, yeah. Really short. Um, yeah, you're. It, it is a target gun with a target trigger, so um, yeah, yeah, it's definitely hard to hard to beat. Um, big old Bomar style target sights. Um, they even so, go so far as to uh, uh, serrate the top of the bolt. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you just go down to to grass and just hold that gun, just hold it and you'll fall in and love it's with all it. steel uh nice blue finish um just an amazing gun and uh made right and made in america all right let me ask you this uh it, it, with referral it, with reference to shooting a firearm like that you you, you want to be a target use it for target practice uh to sharpen your skills but does it really sharpen your skills if that's not your you know because it's clearly not going to be your concealed carry uh, you're probably going to go with uh, maybe a Glock, a nine millimeter, something like that. Does practicing with that twenty-two help you with shooting uh, your nine millimeter, your forty? Yeah, um, shooting any twenty-two helps. Uh, the The absence of recoil lets you focus on the fundamentals, um, so you can fine tune those without um, having to, you know, uh, wonder if recoil is causing your problems or not. So if you know if you if you know you can do it with a twenty two, um, then you know you can do it with a larger caliber, right? And then that also gives you a baseline to know what you need to work on or what you need to fix uh, to correct problems you're having with a larger gun. And if you practice uh, shooting uh, rounds of twenty two, it's a lot less expensive than uh, forty five or forty. Yeah, at least at least you're. Uh, saving half the price over the cheapest nine millimeter, which isn't very accurate. You can get some decent twenty two, um, so you know it's not the ammo because you know get that cheap twenty two. So not only is it fun and entertaining, it helps to sharpen your skills. And there's your... competitions that you'll shoot with these guns as well. A lot of fun. They're going to be in Mexico, Missouri, uh, at Graphs. You can actually go online if I'm not mistaken, or even call up and, and secure it. All right. You're listening to Gary on Guns, 93.9 Eagle. By the way, I don't know if you guys uh, know this or not, but Fred Perry has a new radio bro- program, and it airs um, from 7 until 8 a.m. here on uh, uh, 93.9 Eagle. Uh, and it is uh, just devoted to uh, local politics and current events. Uh, and then following Gary on Guns this morning, you will hear uh, Jennifer Bukowski's program. So a lot of local programming. Um national state and local uh, topics we're the station to be listening to because we've got it all but mostly we got second amendment supporters like garson chen from grafts and dale roberts uh, head of the cpoa and of course uh state representative chuck basie and uh we've got uh, we've gone over a couple of the firearms uh hopefully you're watching on video it's at gary on guns on facebook uh but they are uh, available from grafts they're in mexico missouri where they got like they're they're phasing out archery, and they got three bows left. So you can imagine what kind of deal you're going to get um, on on archery as they phase it out completely. Uh, to some terrific, terrific deals. If you're in, do you ever shoot bow and arrow? Uh, once or twice, not much. No, it's I I'd like to you know it's a skill I'd like to acquire, but uh, I already have some ex- an expensive hobby. So <laughs> back in the early. 70s i hesitate to say this uh when i was in college you could get you could get a a couple of credit hours for taking archery oh yeah and i took archery and this was in uh, kirtland ohio 
and that's really cold in the winter. <laughs> and your fingers get white, you know, and you know how they get numb. And then uh, if you make a mistake when you're, and these these weren't compound bowls, they weren't those fancy trigger bowls. Just recurves. Bowls. Yeah. And you do that once or twice, and you just as soon have your fingers lobbed off as do it a third time. <laughs> yep. uh, in fact, they even now I guess I guess they do sell uh, like a finger guard that you can put on your the well, ends they, of your fingers. Uh, most people use a mechanical release now. Uh, so you're saying that I I I'm like back to prehistoric time using the. Not quite. I think that's what he's saying. But I, I think so too. I think the mechanical releases make everything a lot nicer, and it actually gives you a little trigger. Yeah. Um, and you can set most of them can be set up for release or pull. Um, so it makes it a lot easier to to make a good clean shot. And I remember the I can still remember two things about that class. One was um, that's follow through, just releasing, just moving your fingers straight up. You know, that's follow through. And his admonition at the beginning of the class was, if I hear one of you say I shoot an arrow into the air, <laughs> <laughs> don't go there. Which of course made everybody want to, you know, everybody was thinking it. Don't think a monkey. Yeah. Uh, not we, a good idea. We didn't have, to my knowledge, we didn't have archery. I went to Creighton University in Omaha, but I got credit hours for marksmanship and, and you know, was uh, on the Creighton rifle team. So, really? Yeah. We got, so that would have been, been much more sensible for me than archery because uh, that was just stupid. Well, you know, Creighton, good Catholic school run by the Jesuits. I also took a four-credit course in wine tasting. No, no kidding. Wine kidding. Well, and the class met. Well, that has enough triples. It has yes, great legs. And, but it, actually, they, you know, they incorporated talking about the geology and the geography and when the war came and they cut all the vines. And so you, they wrapped in some history and some other things to make it legit. But so you weren't just sitting around getting sauced in the middle. No, of we were just sitting around getting sauced. But they, <laughs> they, made it, they made it look legitimate so we could get our credit hours. So Did they actually have you tasting wine? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and you got credit hours for it's, that. Yeah, good Cheshwood school back that in the is, day. That is actually dumber than my archery class. Well, I thought it was pretty good, you know. Oh, I would, Chuck, wouldn't it have been nice to get some credit hours for dr sitting around drinking it, wine? It would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they have well, some really nice crossbows now. Very nice. So since they made it uh, where you can use crossbows for hunting now and uh, for for deer, and that's uh, there's some really really nice uh, crossbows out there now. Yeah, scopes and all kinds. Yeah, of stuff, a lot yeah. different than than the classes that I took. Yeah. If they offer like a couple of credit hours for like eating steak, <laughs> I think I could get a go on and get a master's or maybe even a PhD. You, uh, you probably get an honorary one because don't they already have a steak named after you? Yes. Yeah, so yes. The Gary you, Steak you, at CeCe's. You could teach a, a steak eating class at the Career Center. They'd have to use slow motion video in order to capture me eating a oh, steak I at CeCe's. <laughs> because I. <laughs> I'm not kidding. If the knife and fork touch, they spark <laughs> at that speed. You know, you, you don't want to get too close. He eats a steak faster than Morocco. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, none of that brings some steak home for the dog. The hell with that. That's, I'm eating that. All right, uh, we got a little off track here. 874-9390-800-529-5572. Uh, one of the things that they were doing, we were talking about Virginia, one of the things they were doing is going after honest uh, gun owners. 
according to the Justice Department, because they're going after rifles, AR-15s, how did they? How did the AR-15, anybody know how it got to be such a hated rifle? What, what, what exactly was it? When did they round that corner? Well, it was hated when it was first introduced. It was first introduced in the 1950s. Yeah. Well, it I mean, was it was hated for rifle. other reasons then, because it was unreliable and didn't work right and, and had a bunch of problems. Yeah, but it wasn't <laughs> the enemy of the state, according to politicians. Right. Uh, it, and it started as, as a hunting rifle. And then in Vietnam, they, they started using it. They modified it. It wasn't... Uh, That's when it became headed by GIs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it... I mean, they constantly improved it, but it, 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 when... At what point? Because it's like, when did they make this thing the hated rifle? When it became the number one selling firearm. That may be. Um, I'd, so, I'd say 2000, 2005, somewhere around that time period. I remember. Is that when they, the heat it started? It started getting really, yeah. Um, I, I think it, uh, after the uh, Robert Ruse ban in California is when they really started targeting the AR-15 specifically. This would be a great, you know, thesis project for a doctoral student. Find out when <laughs> At it became... what university? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, if it's anti Right after the wine class. Any, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the steak-eating class. Sure. Um, well, the reason it's baffling is, according to the Justice Department, 75% of criminals uh, in state and federal prisons who had uh, possessed a firearm during their, off- uh, their, during their offense uh, acquired it through theft, the black market, or through a criminal associate, so it's not like they were just, you know, retail buying these things. And there are more people who are killed with practically every other weapon than a rifle. So how did the rifle and, and uh, you know, the background check thing ever, ever get past a legislature? It's like they made it up out of whole cloth. Right. We're just going to vilify this weapon. Well, that's how the assault weapons ban started. I mean, they they basically went through a book and picked out stuff that looked scary. That's exactly how that happened. Yeah, well, when they did their uh, 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 AR-15 ban, uh, they it didn't make any difference when it, when it came to uh, changes in uh, firearm suicide or homicide. It didn't change anything. Because it's just not used that often. You know, most people who commit those violent crimes with guns, they're not walking around with a rifle strapped to their back. They're concealing a handgun and using it. Um, so the, it, it's just it's, it's not that popular a weapon for that kind of uh, event. They're fun to shoot. They're accurate. Uh, I love my AR-15. My wife loves hers. But... Bad guys just don't use them very often. No. No. I don't know. I don't I don't get it either. 874-9390, toll-free number 800-529-5572. If you got a question, you can also post it at Facebook. Go to Gary on Guns, uh, and we'll get to that. Uh, the uh, city of Los Angeles has backed down. We'll give you those details next. Gary on Guns, 93.9 The Eagle. Chuck Basie and State Representative, uh, I am pleased to tell you that uh, we have Dale Roberts in, CPOA, and, uh, of course, Gar- from Graf's, Garson Chen is on board. Uh, but you're not the only State Representative, pal. 
That's, no, that's no. right. I can reach out and touch some, uh, except I can't because my phone's broken. But Brian can bring in Jared Taylor, uh, who has written a terrific piece of legislation uh, and that we chatted about earlier in the program. Uh, Representative Taylor, welcome. How are you this morning? Good. Thanks for having me, Jared. Glad to have you with us. Uh, now, this legislation, we we posted... On uh, the Facebook page, Gary on Guns, uh, some information on on how to kind of usher this thing through, or to get people to uh, to motivate uh, the speaker. What kind of resistance are you getting on this? Any at all? I mean, are, are there a, is there a lot of you know people upset that you're introducing the bill? No, I don't think it's it's necessarily that. It's just you know each legislative year you kind of have to start over with legislation and and really convince people that that we need to make this a priority and, and push it. Um, we weren't in the legislature. Chuck and I weren't in the legislature uh, when this bill kind of went through the process the first time. Um, back in 2013-2014, the, the Speaker voted on it and voted in support of it, voted on the override, but we missed it by one vote in the Senate. Um, same thing with the governor. The governor supported this legislation back in 2013-2014 and voted in favor of it. Um, so I know it's something that, that you know, is generally supported by leadership. Uh, and so I'm just kind of hoping that, that we can get this bill into committee and, and get the process going. And I think once the process gets going, I mean, last year um, there was actually an article about the 2014 bill that went viral because people thought we did it in Missouri when, when actually it was the 2014 bill. Um, so people are really excited about this legislation, kind of making Missouri a, a sanctuary state rather than what they're doing in, in uh, Virginia county by county. What are the implications of this, Jared? I mean, it, can I uh, buy a suppressor that's made in Missouri if this law passes? No. Um, so, so we kind of learned from what uh, Kansas did and, and kind of adapted a little bit. But uh, what we're doing is we're just saying that we're not going to use local resources, local law enforcement, uh, so state local law enforcement to enact or, or push uh, enforce federal gun laws. Uh, you know, the, we, of course, we can't say that the feds can't come in and do that, but the way that they enact any federal law is they use our resources. They commandeer our resources. And so we're using the anti-commandeering act and saying, listen, we're not going to, we're not going to work for you. We're not going to enforce your unconstitutional federal mandates. We believe that, that we have the control as the state to enact uh, good gun policy. And that's what we're going to enforce in the state of Missouri. Now, Jared, this is Chuck. Uh, hey, I, I've been kind of talking over the weeks about how uh, we have some resistance in our own party because of the old, uh, this is an election year, we can't do this. But we have uh, advanced uh, your gun-free zone bill a couple times to the House floor. But um, anyway, I, you know, I'm personally frustrated. We've talked about this. that, uh, And I, I've asked listeners to communicate with the Speaker's office, ask for referrals to these bills. And uh, do you think there's, is there anything else? that could be done to uh, make this uh, advance this year? Yeah, you know, and, and Chuck, you're exactly right. I mean, we we have had pushback, but, you know, I think it's the grassroots encouraging the, the leadership to to put push this bill forward. Exactly what Chuck said is, is contact uh, Speaker Har's office and ask him to refer the bill. Uh, generally, gun bills go through the General Laws Committee, and, and I've had some pushback in the past uh, from the General Laws Chairman. Uh, Dean Plocker. I would encourage everyone to contact Dean and, and ask him once the bill is referred or immediately as it's referred to, to have a hearing on it so that way we can get this process going. I think the uh, the floor leader and I were speaking the other day and I think there's only like 62 days uh, left in the legislative uh, session so it doesn't 
seem like that much, you know, when you put everything into context of, of how far this bill still has to go. But if, if we can get grassroots and we can get the listeners to, to contact not only their state representative and ask them to co-sponsor the bill, uh, the more co-sponsors we get, you know, the, the groundswell that we can get to show leadership, yeah, this is what we want. Um, but then also to contact the speaker and just have a ton of people contacting them and letting them know that that's what we want. So if I'm a, a, a police officer in Springfield, and uh, uh, so there's a, a piece of uh, unconstitutional federal uh, law that the federal government wants to enforce. Uh, I can't work for the federal government and the local police department. Is that right? Yeah. That, well, so what, what will happen um, is local law enforcement will not be able to uh, enforce or even help enforce federal law. So they can't work with federal prosecutors. They can't do any of that in order to enforce federal law as far as gun laws. Um, if they do, there are consequences. Uh, you know, we wanted to make sure that there were teeth in this bill that said, you know, if you do this, there will be, you know, some kind of consequence. And that consequence is you will no longer be allowed to work in the state of Missouri as a, as a police officer. Um, and there will also be a potential uh, civil penalty. So uh, there could be civil action against the, the, that law enforcement officer and that agency. So this is not an invitation to violate federal law. Uh, it is merely a, a way to protect us from unconstitutional federal restrictions on firearms uh, by restricting local law enforcement from getting involved in enforcement of those bad laws. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, most of the, the local uh, street law enforcement, they are pro-Second Amendment. You know, unfortunately, when you get into some of the higher-ups higher, higher ups and the, the police chiefs, they're the ones that are okay with, with these unconstitutional uh, restrictions on the Second Amendment. So it's really, you know, supportive of our, our local law enforcement. I can't tell you how many local law enforcement, you know, the, the, the street guys who are going to enforce the laws are coming to me say, hey, listen, this is this is great. We appreciate the support and the backup because we don't want to be do- doing this, you know, even though it's our job and we're going to be forced to do it if, you know, if, if push comes to shove. Um, and so they're they're really appreciative of, of kind of the, the backup that we're giving them. Yeah, I would hate to be, I would hate to be local law enforcement in Virginia. Uh, and, yeah. and in fact, well, they're coming up with gun-free zone or uh, uh, what are they calling them? Gun uh, sanctuaries. Gun sanctuaries. Absolutely. Uh, areas. Yep. Um, this would uh, protect us in a lot of ways. And Jared, this has nothing to do with teacher retirement, does it? <laughs> okay. It doesn't. A little side joke. Not, sorry. not this time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. now we're now where the hell are we? I don't yeah. even know. <laughs> uh, State Representative Jared Taylor, uh, thanks for writing. Uh, you know, pushing that legislation through again. And uh, we'll try and support you at this end. I know that uh, listeners of the program will do, uh, as you said, in contact. Uh, both the speaker and their own state representatives uh, to encourage support for the bill. I think it's a great uh, it's a great piece of legislation. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate everything you all do and supporting the Second Amendment and, and encouraging your listeners to to get involved. I mean that's that's the key on this is is you know the the more people we can get involved in this, uh, you know the the better it's going to be and and we're going to see you know from. You know, from our leadership, I think there's going to be a push to, to get this thing rolling. So I really appreciate everything you guys are doing and encourage people to contact uh, Elijah and their reps. All right. Jared Taylor, thank you for calling in. Take Thanks. care. Bye-bye. Glad to have you on Gary and Guns. All right. Uh, so if you want to get uh, get behind this push, 
Go to the Facebook page, Gary on Guns. We've got the bill legislation numbers and uh, the places to contact, who to call. And uh, let's see if we can get it done. Dale Roberts from the CPOA, thank you. Garson Chen, thank you from Graf's Great Firearms. Uh, And, uh, of course, uh, uh, many thanks to Chuck Basie, state representative.